Welcome back to the Carnivore Yogi Podcast. Today, I am really excited about this episode with Rob Stewart. Now, if you have suffered with eczema, psoriasis, or you know somebody who's had these skin conditions, you're definitely going to want to listen to this episode or share it with that special loved one that you know that suffers with these skin conditions. It's a condition that I had, eczema, as a child, and it was pretty horrible. It's pretty uncomfortable. I would have to go to the dermatologist several times a year. I would bleed behind my knees, on my arms, on my hands. It was a very debilitating condition. So if you've suffered from this, you know, you want to hide. You don't want to wear shorts in the summer because you're you're ashamed of all of these things on your legs. And I know people with psoriasis, I know people with these skin conditions, and they are extremely difficult. So I really do want to get this episode out to as many people as possible. It was such a great conversation I had with Rob. He is a skincare coach, has healed his own debilitating eczema and psoriasis, and really does want to help people. So definitely check out all of his contact information will be in the show notes for you guys. And I really do hope that you enjoy this episode. We also talked about his journey from being a vegan YouTuber to now more of an animal-based YouTuber, which my heart just kind of like skips a beat thinking about that. That had to have been just a really difficult transition, but it, and it took a lot of bravery and a lot of courage to say this is no longer helping me, even though I have a pretty big audience and uh, changing and shifting his message. So he has a lot of integrity. He is really great at helping people. He doesn't necessarily have everyone even do like a super strict carnivore diet, but that is a tool that he does use to help people heal from skin conditions. So I do hope that you're going to enjoy this episode. Please take a screenshot, tag me on social media, head on over to Apple, leave me a review. If you enjoy this episode, it does help to get the show out to more people for this message to reach wider. I've got some really exciting guests, some doctors coming up in the next number of episodes that I want this message to get out there, guys. I want the message that we might have these conditions that we go to a doctor and the doctor says, you're just stuck with this, too bad, here's some medication, but I'm seeing people heal. I'm talking with people that are healing. I am talking with doctors that are helping people to heal, that are really empowering people. And so that's really what this podcast is all about. What my platform is all about is when you've been told like, nope, sorry, too bad, (laughs) that that doesn't have to be the final answer for you. So please do share this. Please do leave me a review over on Apple and it will help to get this message out to more people. Thank you so much and enjoy this episode. This episode is brought to you by Upgraded Formulas. You can use my code YOGI and get 10% off on all of their supplements or on the hair tissue mineral analysis with a consultation. The discount code will not work on subscriptions because there's already savings added in if you do a subscription, but it will work on single purchases. You know, something that I've struggled on, struggled with since being on an animal-based diet from very early on was how to manage my electrolytes. And I'll tell you, I am more dialed in than ever now, thanks to upgraded formulas. Your hair is the best way to know what's going on inside of your body in regards to your minerals. So Barton Scott, the CEO, the owner, and I just had a podcast not too long ago where we talked about why a hair test is much more accurate than a blood serum test. Your blood serum test is just not going to be as accurate as that hair test. And when we're doing these animal-based diets, our bodies do let go of a lot more water. We do lose a lot more minerals and our soils are already depleted. So if we're trying to get magnesium from food, it's really difficult because our soils are extremely depleted. So with upgraded formulas, it's just a really easy way. Again, you can use my code YOGI to see where you are. Maybe you need to add a little bit bit of potassium in temporarily, right? That consultation is gonna be your ticket to knowing how much to add and for how long to add and did I add enough or too much. Do you need magnesium? Well, I think most of us honestly need magnesium. And I'll tell you the upgraded formulas magnesium has helped my deep sleep go up to three hours a night, some nights. And so I'm hooked on it. I love it. And I use their potassium and a few of their other supplements and they're just really great. My body absorbs them really well. They have a technology called nano 
particle technology, so they are much more easily absorbed. I have clients that are using those supplements and they just absolutely swear by them as far as that absorption rate being better than just something that you can buy on Amazon. So definitely check out Upgraded Formulas. Use my code YOGI in all caps. That link will also be in the show notes for you and you can get 10% off of supplements or the hair tissue mineral analysis with consultation. Thanks again for listening to this episode. Thanks to Upgraded Formulas for sponsoring this episode, and I hope you guys enjoy it. All right, guys, thank you so much for coming back onto the channel and tuning in. I am super excited for today's guest. His name is Rob Stewart, and we were chatting a little bit before I turn on the recording. I've been following Rob since I started Carnivore well over two and a half years ago. I will link his YouTube channel in the show notes in the information section for you guys, but I'm super excited to talk to Rob and really share his story with you guys today. So thank you, Rob, for being here today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited too to, uh, to talk shop and share and um, have, a, have a fun conversation about all this wild and crazy world of health. <laughs> It is. It really is. And, you know, you have a pretty compelling story of study, like really struggling with your skin. And I think that's, that was one of the things that just never healed for me during autoimmune paleo or vegan or anything I did was the skin. So um, if you don't mind, just do like a little brief intro about what you do and how you got here. Yeah. So I was your pretty typical story. Um, I had sensitive skin Mm -hmm. as a kid. Um, nothing really diagnosed, but I always had kind of a perpetuation of having like itchy, flaky scalp. And it was never kind of an issue. And my parents are a little bit old school where it's like, if you're not broken or bleeding, like you don't, you're not going to the doctor. And I'm, I'm so glad that they're that way. But as I kind of progressed, I would have really severe reactions to like playing in a grassy field. I'd come home with hives all over my body. Um, I would get an itchy sternum here and there that would kind of flare up and go away. Um, and then when I was about nine years old, I had uh, tonsillitis, strep throat nine times in one year. So oh they my God. pulled my tonsils out and gave me, you know, throughout that year, tons of antibiotics. And I think that might've been kind of the, the crux of my gut biome and my immune issues. Um, fast forward to late high school, early college, started to have weird itchy things popping up more often rather than just my scalp and my sternum during times of heat or during times of sport, it started kind of popping up like in my armpits and a little bit in my T-zone. And I thought it was just like, I, you know, I was a wild, wild boy. And I thought, Hey, you know, I get some weird skin stuff. I have sensitive skin and I'm a redhead. So it's, it's normal. And that really led to my mid twenties, starting to have pretty severe flare-ups where I needed to go see a dermatologist and very similar story to pretty much anyone who's had eczema or dermatitis Mm -hmm. psoriasis. I see the dermatologist. Um, they throw prescriptions at me. Um, they gave me a thousand different diagnoses. You know, I was diagnosed with psoriasis, sebderm, rosacea, eczema, um, and many different forms of eczema on different parts of my body. As I was taking these medications and trying to go the normal Western route, not addressing my diet, not addressing my lifestyle was never brought up. Um, just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And to my late twenties, it was to the point where, um, I I knew something was really off inside and I was getting frustrated because I was getting nowhere. Um, even steroid creams. And I mean, I, I did Accutane, I did everything under the sun. Mm it only made things worse. It never really even helped the symptom that much. And so finally, I kind of just started researching and and seeing what was out there. And this was 15, 20 years ago. So there was nothing out there. (laughs) There was no one, no one putting out any information. There was no real help, but there was something inside of me that's like, you can, you can do something about this. Like you're not healthy. That's the problem. And I can remember going to the derm one time and saying, Hey, I think I want to try like dealing with this in a natural way. These drugs aren't doing anything. I'm kind of tired of it. And I can remember him looking directly at my face and saying, your diet and your health has nothing to do with your skin disease. You'll have it forever. There's no cure. You, your two choices are just deal with it or 
we can keep trying different drugs and try to alleviate symptoms as much as possible. And that was, that was really frustrating. And then I went to a second and third and fourth and fifth and 20th dermatologist. And they all said exactly the same thing. Um, it was, it was bad. And at that time I had already started the process of kind of like alternative healing research and my kind of, I shotgunned approached it. It was everything from Ayurveda, Chinese medicine, yoga, um, raw veganism, even the Anders Vonderkamp stuff. I kind of yeah. ran into way back then. And I was just kind of like, all of this sounds crazy to me. Like, is there really a correlation? And <laughs> it's kind of a funny story. I've been telling this a bit more lately. I was on a psychedelic trip up in the mountains and a pretty heroic dose of psychedelics. And it's kind of a joke, but it actually all hit me. I kind of came to this like truthful feeling in my body that, dude, it's your gut. It's the way you're dealing with stress. It's how you live. And there is a path out of this thing and you can figure it out. And, and so from that point on, I kind of stopped with all the dermatologists, all of the nonsense. And I kind of jumped in full force into trying to figure out diet, went plant-based route at that time, became a yoga therapist, studied meditation, studied, just took everything to another place and mm. kind of gained some traction, but didn't, nothing really happens. Um, I did raw veganism for a while and that made everything even 20 times worse. Um, I tried high fat veganism that made things even worse than raw vegan. Wow. And then I kind of stumbled on to some of the like 80, 10, 10 and the start solution people. And I really felt like if I can figure out my trigger foods and just eat the foods that won't hurt me, maybe I can make some progress. And if I start to like actually exercise and do all of these stress management things that I know and actually do them, maybe I can make progress. Actually, I felt like I knew I could make progress. And so I got really strict with my diet. Um, I cut out all the possible triggers that I could think of. And in about a year, I made a ton of progress to the point where my skin was no longer flared up. Now, at this point, I might say that actually I was in remission and not healed, but that might be a later conversation. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'll try to make this a little shorter. Um, I spent about eight years as a strict vegan. Um, and four of those were with good skin. So it took me a year to heal my skin. And then I did for another three and a half, four years, staying on that path. And the diminishing returns happened after about nine months. So I wow. was able to heal my skin, but all other biomarkers, my, my body weight, my body fat, my body comp, joint pain, mental stuff. Um, eight years into veganism, I had testosterone, like a 90 year old, uh, wow. brain fog. I, I was feeling unmotivated, unsexual, uncreative, just felt like a shell of a human, to be honest. I also went through a major trauma where my partner at the time, um, had been vegan for a while too. And we got pregnant and had a miscarriage mm. and found out that, and I'm not going to go so far as say the vegan diet killed my baby, but my partner did develop MTFR with a gene mutation, which is a blood disorder. And it was brought on by her diet. Wow. And that's the reason we lost our baby. So at that point, um, I had a huge awakening and I had to make a big decision. Um, you know, what, what am I going to do with myself? Cause this isn't working. And it quickly turned to carnivore. <laughs> and yeah. I started kind of like, keto ish or primal ish. And it just quickly went to carnivore. And that was three and a half, almost four years ago now, um, three and a half years ago. And it was a steady improvement, um, a steady improvement and kind of correlating with this whole story. The first year that I healed my skin is when I started my YouTube channel, um, mm. and kind of quickly became a full-time advocate and full-time coach. Um, and, that's kind of like leads, leads to now, um, where I'm just, I've been coaching full-time, helping people figure this crazy thing out and trying to put up as much content in the most honest and kind of real way as I possibly can. Um, and 
right now I'm 41 and I've still been eczema free for going on nine and a half years and currently at the best health I've ever experienced in my life. Very, very happy with my, my body composition and my body weight and my hormones, my sleep. So it's been a, a you know, a total full circle for me um, throughout this whole process. Wow. There is like so much. I wish I had been taking notes to unpack so many different things you said. So I'll just try to remember. Um, did you, when you started your YouTube channel, had you, were you doing vegan still? Had you? Yeah. Not, okay. Yeah. yeah. I was a vegan YouTuber for dang near six and a half years, six wow. years. And I built a, you know, when I pivoted, I had almost 80,000 followers already. Wow. Okay. And so it was, you know, it was the full on thing. It was death threats. It was like the vegan community saying I was never vegan and that I mm -hmm. lie and hundreds of videos per day made about me. And it was the whole oh. dramatic thing. And it was, it was stressful a little bit, but it also kind of really painted the picture. I, I have to regress a little bit as a vegan. I was always like, I don't like being vegan. Mm. Um, I don't like the culture that I, yeah. I was getting to know too many vegan YouTubers, prominent ones. And I'm like, these are people I would never bring home to my family. Like they're not, they're mm. not honest. They're not soulful. They're not real. Um, this is scary. And the most popular ones are the worst ones. And so wow. as a vegan, I always had a cognitive dissonance about it. So when I stepped out of that, although I got a lot of flack and a lot of heat, it was kind of like one of those moments where it's like, this is my honest truth. Um, this is totally freeing. And um, I instantly like found people that were more like-minded and felt like people I'd bring home to my parents, people I'd be friends with. And that was a, a huge period of awakening. And, you know, I thought that there was a possibility that I would lose my YouTube following and that the pivot would kind of destroy my credibility. And um, there was a lot of fear behind it, but I was like, I have to, I have to document this and I have to, I have to put it out there. And luckily it did the opposite. Um, you know, my message hit more people and, and, um, it was just a very positive thing besides all the craziness with the, yeah. with the vegans. Yeah. I mean, I, I've told people on my YouTube channel that I used to be vegan and I've talked kind of, I haven't even gone into major depth about all the problems I had with like my teeth and injuries and just crazy stuff that people just kind of throw under the rug with veganism. And I've gotten so much hate uh, just, and because of the name that I have, which is carnivore Yogi, because I think that's pretty polarizing, but I put it out there as a statement as like you absolutely can do yoga and be spiritual and meditate and be a carnivore 110%. And people need to hear that. Uh, yeah. And I, I still talk to a lot of people in the yoga world. And as you probably know, the, one of the first kind of like major concepts in the eight limbs is ahimsa. Yep. And I, I take ahimsa to a further place and this might come off as a little black and white, but I kind of tell humans, Hey, if you're not eating a human diet, you're breaking the first rule of yoga. Like you can't be a yogi and call yourself a vegan because you're destroying your body. And so yes. where's the ahimsa in that? That is exactly the conversation. I mean, I had, I was strict vegan and I was doing a five-day pranayam training with one of my teachers. He's Kripalu trained, has been teaching for 20 plus years. And he took me aside and during the training and was like, Sarah, this, you don't look good you are very skinny. You're losing hair. You, this is not a good look for you. I know what you're trying to do. I know Ahimsa is what you're trying to do, but you are causing violence and harm to yourself. And by forcing yourself not to have animal foods, you need to eat animal foods. I'm telling you this as a friend, as a yoga teacher who has been teaching for 20 plus years, it's not mutually exclusive. You can do this and you can do it the right way. And it was like, it took me probably another month or so before I was willing to start eating animal foods again, but it really did make me think about what is ahimsa because that's the first thing the yoga people come after you with is like ahimsa, ahimsa. And it's like, dude, if you're sick, you can't help anybody. You know, if your body's falling apart, how the hell are you going to be of service to anybody? You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, ahimsa and sacha, those are the kind of yeah. the two big ones for me. And you know, both of them, when I really go deep into them, they circle back to, well, you're part of nature and you're part of the cycle of life. And 
Um, if you look at animals and you look at the, the truth of what's out there, um, I'm not greater than I'm part of. And I feel strangely more in tune and empathetic to other humans and animals as a person who eats a huge amount of animal foods, animal-based eater. Um, and I never ever was able to get to a place with my spiritual growth or my emotional growth as a, a strict vegan. And, and maybe it was a mental block or maybe it was just truly out of balance with, with nature. And so both those concepts, non-harming self and others and deep truthful honesty leads me to exactly where I'm at. You know, I'm, I'm resting in both of those spots and still consider myself a total yogi. Yeah. I love that. I love that. We need more conversations like this. And I, you know, I get messages on my Instagram all the time from people who are like, I'm in a yoga teacher training right now. And it's a requirement for me to eat a plant-based diet while I'm in the training. And I'm like, that's a bad training. <laughs> like they shouldn't do that. I mean, the training I went through was a bunch of Kripalu teachers who started their own thing, um, here in Atlanta where I live. And I felt really blessed and lucky to get to study with them and Yoganand who study with Amrit Desai, like the whole nine, like legit yoga. And there was never any forcing of dietary requirements during yeah, that whole training. That's, that's awesome. I, I, and I think that that's, becoming far, few and far between. Unfortunately, yeah. I was super lucky too. I studied in San Francisco and in Oakland at, um, Purusha yoga, which is a very small yoga school. And it's very kind of like old school, but both of the teachers, um, the main kind of mentors I have Joy and Adan, who were a couple at the time, they both ate very clean and healthy, but they ate animal foods. And yeah. that's when I was kind of like really going deep into my vegan thing. And I felt fortunate then that they were like, you have to find your own path with this. Yeah. And it's not a one size fits all thing. And if you are eating animals and you are doing it in a way that is sustainable mm -hmm. and healthy and fair, you are practicing ahimsa. And so I felt not so much in alignment with them, but with the overall message at that time, I was like, I totally agree with you guys. Like this isn't a one size fits all thing and we shouldn't be putting such a huge virtue signal and a morality yeah. into people's personal health because it's dangerous. Yes, I agree. And that's the problem I see with all these people that message me. They're not messaging me because they um, are just like, well, you know, I feel like I have to do it. They're, they're literally having health problems. Like women have like lost their cycles or if they have them, they're really painful. And, you know, that's, I'm getting a lot of that of women who I'm like, I don't have a period anymore, but I hear that's normal with vegan and I'm in this yoga thing and I'm trying to do, I'm like, oh my God, where do I even? <laughs> I know it's hard to start to unwrap it with people. It's like, yeah, it, it can be, it can be very challenging because it's, as we were kind of chatting before we, we, you know, went live is there's a big machine. I don't like to call it a propaganda machine, but there's a, there's very intelligent marketers out there that have quadruple the budget that, you know, ranchers have, yeah. and they are, they've been, they've been pulling the same stuff since the late eighties, you know, like the whole um, demonization of cholesterol came from literal research done by Kellogg's cereal company Yes, that was hook, line and sinker took by the FDAA and all the other governing bodies. And they were like, okay, we'll pump this message to you because if we also lower your taxes, um, we're going to end up being able to make a lot more money together. Um, and it, it changed the scope of people's understanding and it put us on a trajectory towards where we're at right now. Yep. I agree. It's, it's crazy. Oh man. Um, well, to back up a little bit, I feel like we could just talk about so many different topics. I do want to hit the skin stuff because I have a lot of listeners that even do carnivore and still struggle mm -hmm. with some skin issues. So when you say that you were in remission, but not quite healed, can you like delve into that a little bit further? Yeah. And I don't, I don't know if that's the case for me. There's a chance that I, I might've been healed. Um, I, I didn't, test it in the way that I do now. Um, but what I mean by that, it's a, it's a, it's a new concept that I've been playing with because a lot of my former clients, um, 
in a very short-term period using the plant-based vegan diet went into remission. And then with that same diet, everything came back twice as bad. Mm -hmm. And so that's not being healed. If you're healed or cured, then the same kind of general diet, you might have to refine it and change and shift here and there as things change in your life. But the same general staple food should keep you healed for as long as you're eating them, not reverse over. So I do have a concept. I'm, this isn't backed by any peer reviewed research or any famous professor or any, anyone except my own work with 1500 people and just watching data and seeing what happens is that I think that the body is really smart. And if you put such gnarly issues in front of it, it's going to compartmentalize and prioritize them. And for me, I do think that I was in such a heavily catabolic state that my body literally was like, dude, we're not worried about your skin because we need to save your life. Mm -hmm. And when that happens, the inflammation isn't going, the, the autonomic nervous system inflammatory response to fight or flight stops worrying about, ah, we'll stop messing with the skin because we have work to do now and protects your vital organs and your hormonal structure and your brain. Um, your body wants you to make babies and to make babies, you have to be intelligent and strong and virile and supple. Um, and when those things are being attacked, um, that doesn't worry so much about your skin. And so I think that the remission happens from the vegan plant-based approach or the over cleansing approach in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, and then when people start to add foods in and, and start to heal, um, you know, things can get better before they get worse. Um, and I mean, across the board, I, I know so many vegan YouTubers that I used to kind of be in contact with that they had a nice year or a year and a half Yeah. and told the world, like I'm cured. This is the best thing ever. And now they still deal with flare ups. Mm. And I guess a, a caveat to that is they're still coaching and putting out eBooks saying how to cure eczema. So oh, it's frustrating. Um, but that's kind of the general idea is like, the difference between remission is remission can happen in a negative way or a positive way, but being healed and cured to me is the goal. And what that means is you're not in the place where you're managing symptoms, being cured and healed means that you don't have symptoms. Like I haven't had flaky, itchy, tingly, red, anything in nine plus years, I would call that healed and cured. And not that there's anything wrong with when you're on the journey of dealing with symptoms, because I was there for a ton of years too. But I think that if we can change the narrative in the community and start being more honest about the, the vocabulary we're using, be more impeccable with our word, we can give people a, a, a higher ceiling to shoot for. And when you're cured, like for instance, I put out a video, gosh, might've been two weeks ago. I put out a lot of videos where I ate all my trigger foods in, a, mm. in one single day. I drank coffee in the morning with a croissant. I took a couple of shots of tequila. Um, I ate uh, whole wheat bread with mayonnaise and Miracle Whip and lettuce and tomatoes. And I might've eaten something else random too, um, like Snickers or Skittles or something. Wow, sounds like quite a day. <laughs> yeah, it was. It actually was horrible. It didn't, it, it, like the video, I was kind of making fun of myself. Like this doesn't taste good. Like this is kind of wow. crappy. But what I showed was that nothing happened to my skin in any way, shape, or form. Now, I hope you guys are enjoying this episode with Rob Stewart. Please do check out all of his information. If you're looking for help with your skincare, if you want a skincare coach, please check out his information. It will be linked in the information section for you guys. I did want to pause again and thank the sponsor of this episode, Upgraded Formulas. As I mentioned in the very beginning of this episode, my discount code is YOGI in all caps. If you are looking to upgrade your sleep, upgrade your energy, I would highly, highly recommend the upgraded formulas consultation with a hair tissue mineral analysis. This has been absolutely life-changing for me, struggling to really know exactly how much I need of sodium, of potassium, of magnesium, of these things that are absolutely vital to the functioning of our bodies. And I don't care who says they're not, they absolutely are. It's science, so Upgraded Formulas just has a really wonderful way of helping you dial in your electrolytes, know exactly how much you need, and helping you troubleshoot. So again, use my code YOGI in all caps for 10% off of either the consultation, 
hair test or any of the supplements. If you just want to get some supplements, you can use that code as many times as you want to. And I hope that it helps. Can it, please let me know. Don't be afraid to shout me out on social media. Let me know. I've gotten so many people that have messaged me telling me that their sleep is so much better with that upgraded formulas magnesium. So let's get back to the show. Thanks again for listening, guys. If I would have kept that up, obviously, long enough, things would yeah. come back. I would have earned my bad health again. But it's just the idea of like when you are totally healed and you're supple and your body is in a strong place, you do have more wiggle room. And it also becomes a lot more easy to stick with the foods that heal you because they start to taste better than the other crap anyway. They do. Yes, I agree. And I had a, I went to the beach a couple of weeks ago and with my daughter, which was, you think a vacation would be fun, but it was stressful. <laughs> and I made a decision to get this turkey wrap with just crap food that I would never eat. I mean, I'm super animal based. I don't even really eat a ton of carbs. If I do, it's, you know, something that's like low anti-nutrient. I'm super careful, but I was just like in an effort kind of a mood. And I haven't even told a lot of people about this. I haven't made a video about it, but I ate this wrap that had like regular mayonnaise on it and regular uh, pa uh, pasteurized cheese. And then I followed it with some regular ice cream, which was like a major no-no for me. And I ate that at like four o'clock and I was, I didn't need to eat anything until the next day, obviously, but I was fine. My sleep was fine. I was, I was kind of waiting for some big reaction to come, but it just mm. didn't show. And like you were saying, you don't want to do that every single day, but that kind of shows like if you can do that kind of thing and you don't have some horrible, crazy reaction that your gut is actually healed. 100%. And, and I can honestly say that if I were to have done that while I was plant-based, I would have had issues Yeah, for sure. Cause I had issues already plant-based, you know, like I fell into the dogma with that of like pooping seven times a day is super oh, healthy. God. You know, yeah. Like that's, normal. That's great. Like green you know, poop is normal. That's totally, totally <laughs> great. And being bloated constantly after yep. meals is that's just what humans do. Um, and it's been a, it's been a, just a total contrast. And it's almost like the past three and a half years being carnivore and animal based felt like I've come into a different experience as a human altogether. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Just, I don't know. I made this video that went viral. It was like one of my first YouTube videos and it was with my phone. There was, it was just so basic. And I was like, yeah, here's some weird stuff that's happened since I went carnivore, but just weird stuff like my sense of smell like was off the chain all of a sudden all the plaque kind of just like fell off my teeth um i had to, i didn't have to wear deodorant anymore i went to a hot yoga class and forgot i i was wearing so much deodorant even on aip i would have to put on deodorant like three or four times a day because i would smell and i'm a yoga teacher so i'm always in athletic settings and i would i would be adjusting students and like oh shit you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> and so i went to a hot yoga class i had been carnivore for like a month and i was like oh crap i didn't put on my deodorant today mm -hmm. and i realized i didn't smell and i was like wait a second and i haven't worn deodorant in two and a half years i haven't needed to wear deodorant and these are things like we just normalize like plaque on your teeth and deodorant and not being able to smell things. And it was like, after I went carnivore, you know, and now I'm more animal based. It's like my senses all got dialed up. It was crazy. Totally. Yeah. The teeth thing was a major, major issue for me as a vegan. And when you're talking, it, I, I love the show naked and afraid. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> like one of the, I kind of watch a few shows and they all revolve around being outside in the wilderness, naked and afraid is one of them. And one thing that I noticed a long time ago is like, why the hell do these people on day 25 have such beautiful white teeth? They haven't brushed their teeth. They have had no dental hygiene. They haven't flossed, but their teeth are, are noticeably different than when they started like glowing. And it's because, yep. well, Hey, dumbass. It's because they're not eating any sugar. They're not eating any processed foods. They're intermittent fasting. They're moving their bodies 12 hours a day. And the food that they are eating is animals directly from where they're at. And it's like, that was one of those light bulb moments as I was leaving veganism that was like, oh shoot, like maybe my, I can heal my teeth yes. too. And my, my teeth, 
You've had a lot of issues with your teeth. I've watched some of your videos. Let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. So there's been two phases with it. Phase one was um, like I was having constant cavities, root canals, all sorts of crazy stuff. And I, I was practicing. And of course, online, the vegans attack me for this. I was, I was practicing perfect hygiene. When your teeth mm -hmm. go to shit, you do floss once, twice a day. You do brush after every meal. Yeah. You do follow what your dentist tells you to do because yeah. you're in a, you're in a state of like, I don't want to lose teeth. Um, right. And so I was also seeing a vegan dentist in the Bay area, oh, which that is part of the story later on. Um, my teeth were so sensitive and so crappy and so ugly. Um, once I went carnivore, it was like a month and a half in and drastically different. Like you, it was like the noticeable color and plaque of my teeth was mm -hmm. pretty much gone. Sensitivity was absolutely gone. Um, I felt like some of the small cavities remineralized and went away on their own because I was supposed to have dental work done. And I just said, screw this. I'm going to do this for a while. Came back and he was like, yeah, you're, you know, you're fine. There might be some problems with those fillings and caps you have from that vegan dentist, but we'll worry about that later. Well, lo and behold, uh, mouth feeling great. Um, and maybe about a year and a half ago now, I had a weird little a cap tooth that popped off. And I looked inside of it and it was black. Oh, crap. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, this is not good. This is this is real bad. Wasn't experiencing any pain. Luckily went to the dentist and ended up getting one, two, three, four teeth pulled. All teeth were former teeth that were fixed by the vegan doctor. Um, I'm not saying the vegan doctor was dumb because he was vegan. Um, but it's just kind of funny and adds to the story <laughs> yeah, of my life. It like, really does. Really, man. Like, <laughs> is this, is this ironic or what? And, um, I'm still in the process now of fixing those things, which include most likely having to do implants um, mm -hmm. or leave a whole nice side of my mouth with a row of one, two, three teeth completely gone, um, which has been a whole experience of its own. But again, I went and got them pulled and, you know, the dentist and the doctor who pulled them out was like, you're going to, it's going to take like six months to heal. And it took me a month and a half and they were like, Dude, what wow. a, like that was a, you're, you're ready for the next step. And so all my other teeth have been cavity free, totally good to go. And just kind of on a normal hygiene schedule and still dealing with the, the stuff from the teeth I had to get pulled, but you know, my journey continues. Yeah. That's the one thing when I was vegan, I got cavities for the first time in my life. Like I had not had a lot of cavities growing up. I had always had this great dental record. I've always been a girl that loves steak though. I mean, when I was a kid, we used to have this place called the big R Ryan's steakhouse. <laughs> and I would beg as a kid to go to Ryan's so I could get a steak. Like I've always been a big meat eater until you know, I decided I wanted to do this yoga thing and be a teacher. And I thought, you know, I've been teaching for over a decade now. And I thought if I was going to be legit, I had to go all the way. And then one of the things that happened and, you know, on top of all the other weird stuff, like all the injuries that never would heal was the teeth. And I don't, it's been crazy that since I've been on animal based, my teeth have been in amazing shape. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's no surprise once you're on the other side. Um, and I too, you know, I didn't have many, I hated brushing my teeth as a kid and probably, <laughs> probably didn't do it as many days as I could get away with. But my family's a very traditional, you know, Irish, Scottish from Scandinavia family. And it was, on, we ate dinner as family together almost every night. My mom cooked really good meals and they were based around some animal protein and then some smaller sides of things like carrots, potatoes, kraut, whatever. Um, but there was always a healthy dose of animal foods and milk and cheese from the best sources that they knew how to get at that time. Mm -hmm. And despite having pretty crappy oral hygiene as a kid, my teeth were fine. They were, yeah. they were totally fine. Um, and it really didn't start going downhill for me until I was strict vegan. Yep. And that's one thing I, I talked about on, I think I was on someone else's podcast with my daughter, even though we've had 
all the issues with her, I pretty quickly put her on like gluten-free, dairy-free and just heavily meat-based. Like I would get grass-fed beef and make her little burgers when she was little. So she's been a big meat eater and she, I had to have braces and all kinds of crap when I was in high school. So did my husband, but she's got these like gorgeous, perfect teeth and this nice kind of a wide jaw. And I've just, meat's always been something like good grass-fed, high-quality meat's been something that she's been eating her whole life. So that's one thing we've got going for her. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that's going to be super impactful. And the whole thing with the jaw structure, um, I do have a, it might be a thumbnail actually on many of my videos where I was 27 years old and I have this huge patch of my beard that wouldn't grow. And my face was about this skinny compared to it is now. And my teeth were a little crooked and weird. And it was when I was super plant-based and super vegan. And I just, and full face of psoriasis and dermatitis and eczema. And, and it was right next to a picture I took maybe three, four months ago. And people are all like, wait, that's when you were 28 and that's when you're 41, right? Like, no, it's the opposite. Like that's me me as a 28 year old. And they're like, your face shape is different. I'm like, I've been chewing steaks for three and a half years and my, my jaw, my mandibles grew back to normal human man mandibles. And my teeth have kind of like gone from this to kind of like this. And it's, it's, it's reshaped so many areas of my body and my physique and even my face structure. It's kind of, it's kind of, it's almost fairy tale-ish in a way. Yeah, it's bizarre. I have the same thing. I have pictures of myself that when I was vegan, I look like a completely different person. Like just everything is super hollowed out. And I look a lot younger now at 41 than I did back in my vegan days, which is crazy. Yeah. So it's it's a real thing. <laughs> it is. I used to read about this because um, I've always been fascinated with all of this like nutritional history. Yeah, Weston A. Price. Yeah, the Weston A. Price thing um, is just astonishing. And it's like, his findings are like, now I'm finding he's like, damn, he's so dead on with everything. And, um, you can't, what can, you can't really argue that he's, he's studying humans that have been eating a certain way for their whole existence and comparing them to people who aren't. And then also taking those same individuals, putting them on a standard American diet, watching the decay, then putting them back on the traditional jack. And then it's like in months, switching back to very healthy. It's his work is awesome. Yeah, I agree. I agree at this point. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to talk a little bit about like your journey with the carnivore diet. I know you've kind of shifted and evolved and like, what did you find that really helped you heal the most with carnivore? Did you have to add like probiotics? Did you add any digestive supports or did you just do strict carnivore? You know, I use the term carnivore and animal based. Um, but I, I, I'm starting to like also use the term sapien diet, like Brian Sanders stuff, yeah. just because it's, I think it's actually more relevant. It's like, it's just a human, it's a human, human diet. specific diet. Yeah. Um, for me, I was lucky. Like as soon as I started eating tons of meat and just kind of eating all sorts of different varieties, fish and pork and chicken and turkey and lots of steaks, everything started shifting at first, my issue was, is I was still trying to incorporate the plant fats that I yeah. knew was going to work for me. And I was just dropping a ton of weight. Um, mm. And it was, it was like, okay, this is nice. I'm, I'm lean and I'm muscular, but it's, it's dipping down to, a, I'm like too shredded. Like, and it's like my hormones weren't dipping, which was weird because if I usually get that lean, my hormones crash. But when I discovered and got over the fear of egg yolks, pastured egg yolks mm-hmm. and butter. That was a big turning point for me. It, I instantly, when I started carnivore diet, I was about 147 pounds, 150 pounds. And I'm about 190 right now without trying. Wow. Um, in the first year I gained 35 pounds and my body fat didn't rise at all. Um, wow. so it was like my genes turned on boom and it was, very small progressions and learning things like, okay, I can use butter and I can use duck fat and, oh, I can get a tremendous surplus of calories by not just eating the proteins, but by eating a wider variety of animal foods and then incorporating these overt fats as much as I please. And I'm really big on, even with carnivore diet or whatever 
label you want to put on your diet, it's got to be custom and personalized from head to toe. And for me, where that looks like now is it kind of evolved into different stages, kind of first keto, then keto bore, and then very strict carnivore, almost like beef and salt and water. And that's about it. Um, and then the egg yolks. And then now I'm, you know, I do eat, um, some fruit often. I do eat some raw cheese. I, some days will do 1500 calories of raw cream, like full fat, you know, that's like my lifeblood. Um, wow. and so I would probably be in the range of like pretty low carb, um, sometimes zero carb at times, but my fat and protein are, are, are pretty high and my yeah. calories are, are pretty decent on a daily basis. You know, I'm like, um, I mean, I'm 3000 plus carb, you know, carbs a day. Yeah. That'd be great. Uh, <laughs> three, three to 4,000 calories a day. And I feel really good. I do right now. I, I have to, you know, preface this. I move my body a lot. You do. Um, and if I yeah. was less, you know, a little bit more sedentary, if I was just like, did my three resistant training workouts per week, and then just kind of chilled and maybe walked around a little bit, I would probably be closer to like 2,500 calories, but I'm, I'm a weird guy. I, the more I move, the better I feel. And I love to play little games with myself. Like the last six months I've tried to move my body more than I'm sleeping. sleeping. I saw that video. Yeah. And it's, it's, like it's changed everything. Like, again, it's like another shift. Like I'm, I'm bigger and heavier than I've been in a long time, but I'm also like, I have abs. It's weird. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. I feel better when I move a lot more too. And then just getting sunlight, which is another thing. I know you're big on getting sun too, and you have that red hair and the the light complexion. So do you think eating an animal-based diet allows you to kind of experience the sun a little differently? completely differently. Um, and I'll give a little bit of a graphic story because that's what people like, right? Um, as a plant-based eater, I knew that sun was important. And I so I'd sunbathe and try to be cognizant of it because I was fair squint skinned and I'd go out into the sun and my skin would kind of burn a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that was weird because I've always had a, a decent tan for, I'm Scandinavian. So that I kind of, kind of tan, kind of burn just depends. Yeah. Um, but as I started eating the hormonal precursors to actually be able to use the sun as vitamin D, which vitamin D is a huge hormonal precursor. I can strictly remember I ate um, a bunch of yellowtail and raw uh, salmon sashimi. And I think it was for the first time I had like a couple pretty big bites of raw meat. And I was with my partner at the time and I was sunbathing and it something different happened. Like I, I was, I was feeling like I could feel the hormonal thing happening in my body, like blood flow happening in my erogenous zones from the sun. Like the sun hit me there wow. and it like, you can use your imagination. It, 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 <laughs> it, it filled with blood. It pumped my circulation and my skin tone has never, never been the same since then. Now it's like, I have a tan year round. I don't burn. Like I don't, I don't have any type of like typical ginger skin things. Um, yep. Like I was outside yesterday for probably 15 hours and I mean, you can see me, I'm just yeah normal tone. Yeah. Um, and so I, my whole idea of like sunscreen and what the sun does and how the body even utilizes um, the sunlight is just totally changed. I almost, I almost would like to try to change the narrative of it called vitamin D. It needs to be called hormone D. Agree. Um, because it's, it's, you don't get it from eating food. Vitamin no. D rich foods or vitamin D enriched foods, they most definitely don't hurt, um, but they're not doing the same thing that cholesterol saturated fat omegas and full complete amino acids in your body combined with the sun do. Yeah. Drastically different thing. I agree. I agree. And there's so much, you know, I was someone who as a kid, I would just burn immediately. As soon as I would go outside, I would just pale see-through. And now I went to, I went to Bali about four months into being strict carnivore. And I brought like all this, you know, sunscreen and stuff with me. And I didn't even put it on half the time and, or not even, and it was zinc based. It wasn't like anything uh, toxic. I was careful, 
but I did not get burned. And I was in Bali. Like <laughs> it was crazy. I'm like, how is this even possible? And I'd only been animal based for like four months, but eating tons of salmon roe. Cause I'm a weird person. I love salmon roe. I like buy my local whole foods out of it constantly. And I have it pretty much every day. Nice. And I think that just played like a huge part in like the first time in my life, I'm somewhere tropical and not burning at all, which is crazy. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a trip. And, and I do feel a, a dramatic shift. And I was kind of explaining my testosterone and GH went from 90 year old levels up to, um, the last time I got tested, they were in the high eight fifties, which is wow, like a, a doctor great. will be like, are, are you, are you taking, taking some, some help? And I'm yeah. like, yeah, egg yolks, daily raw egg yolks and, you know, three pounds of steak a day. Yeah. I mean, and it's so crazy how in the vegan world, like they talk about eggs having viruses and they kind of scare you away from the eggs. And I'm like, that is the one thing, egg yolks. I don't even eat the whites anymore. I used to throw the yolks away and just eat the whites, <laughs> which is so crazy to me that I did that. But now I throw the whites away and just eat the yolks. Cause it's like, I mean, it's just brain food. You feel better. It just turns on your mitochondria. It's, it's so amazing. Yeah. It's one of those kind of like major issues. And I, I won't even bring his name up because I don't like to give him any publicity, but there's some total yahoos out there who have spirit guides who tell them how to <laughs> oh, kill God, people. Please. And they have <laughs> so whole stupid. campaigns against eggs. I mean, and they use such derogatory propaganda, psychologically marketed terms, um, negative word association, virus. Yeah. A I, he used the word AIDS one time. Oh my God. AIDS and eggs. And it's just the manipulation from certain people is just, it's, it's so scary, but you know, we all have to be our own boss. And for those people who are, you know, just starting off their journey, sometimes you've got to listen to some idiots and mess up so that you can find your stride. Yeah, I agree. And that's why I appreciate what you're doing and your channel and you helping people. And that's why I want to keep on bringing people like this, that we're trying to just tell the truth and say like, Hey, I have this story where I really healed myself. And this is something that's possible for you too. And you don't need to go on a vegan diet or do, you know, what you're being told by a lot of the media right now. Totally. 100%. And, and along those lines, just piggybacking off that, I, I try to also tell people like, you know, if you do go plant-based or you do go vegan and that's your choice, just be honest with yourself and listen to your biofeedback. And if you're yeah. three months in and your body's falling apart, it doesn't mean you're detoxing. It means you're no. dying. You're not doing it wrong. That's a whole nother propaganda point where it's like, yes. if, if you're not thriving on a vegan diet, it means you're doing it wrong. You're not educated. You don't know how to do it. And most likely you're just still detoxing. And it's like, I have news for you people. Like it takes about 30 days to detox and cleanse your body out for your body to go through a transformation where it's kind of expelled enough stuff to call yourself cleanse. Yeah. And people who are eight years, 10 years deep on the vegan protocols and still cleansing and detoxing are, you know, I won't name names again, just because I don't want to give them publicity, but when you're given the advice, like just drink juice until you stop pooping. Oh my God. Why you would know, we ever want to stop pooping like that? <laughs> That's insane. Detox more, detox, cleanse more, mm -hmm. detox more. You're not feeling good because you need to go deeper into the detox. It's, it's a, it's a crazy wild West world out there for it's sure. A trip. Yeah. I mean, it's a trip. We got to keep spreading the truth so people can not keep getting sick, you know? Yes, exactly. And it's, I think, I don't know how much you go through this, but as a content creator, the little jerk on my right shoulder sometimes is like, just make every video response video, make, <laughs> just go after them. And it's like, dude, that that's yeah. not helpful. That's yeah. the tactic that they use. And I'm not, I'm going to learn from my mistakes as a vegan human. Yeah. And I, that's why I like your content. It's why I think there's a lot of, there's a slight difference in, I would just say this in very general terms, a carnivore community where it seems like there's a lot less of the political propaganda stuff. And it's kind of like, okay, here's my experience. Here's my proof. Look at me. Yeah. And that's all I have to say. Exactly. And that's kind of something that I, when I first started my channel, I was like, I know I'm going to have people making 
videos at some point about me if my channel grows and I'm just not going to be doing response videos. I won't do it. Um, I'm not going to pick somebody apart and criticize them. I just don't feel the need to do that. What I need to do is continue to just share what's worked for me, what's worked for people that I'm working with, how I've seen people heal, all the interviews I've done, all the people that I've talked to and all those amazing stories. That is what I need to focus my energy on and not responding to stupidity and people who are just in that lower, they, they talk about the low vibration, you know, cause you're eating meat They're in the low vibration by creating this kind of content and, and, and talking about this type of thing. Yeah, it's pretty easy. There's a methodology out there, low, lowest hanging fruit. You know, if you, if you uh, appeal to people's worst parts of themselves, their jealousy, um, their negativity, their self doubt, Mm -hmm. Um, the part of them that's totally egoic and wants to blame other people and thrash other people and, and kind of almost be the victim and the charlatan and the hero all at the same time, you can get a following. Yeah. You know, there's a recipe. So for those evil people out there, here's your recipe. You just make really stuff that applies to people's worst parts and you will, you will get a, you will get people looking at you. I mean, you, yeah. this is vegan culture 101. Um, and maybe for people who are listening to this, who are in the process of content creation or wanting to create a platform, um, it doesn't matter how many likes and followers and comments you get. If you're just putting the truth out and you're doing it in a way that's really honest and you're doing it in a way that's good and, and you're performing well, your community, big or small, will be real and it will be... Yep really worthwhile. Um, and there's a, there's a, if you can hold back from the negativity, you'll be rewarded when you go to bed tenfold. I agree. I agree. And people respect that. It's like, yeah, you could go viral and you could get a bunch of views and likes and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, what I want is people who leave me a paragraph in the comments of like, let's have a discussion. Let's be thoughtful about this. Let's talk about how this is helpful and useful. And that's the, the type of following an audience that I want is more like a community base where there's interaction, there's thoughtful discussion. There's that type of interaction rather than like, yay, look how like amazing this is. And let's get it a million views. Like cool. But at the end of the day, what's that really going to get you? Yeah. It, exactly. I've actually probably deleted, I mean, I have 1500 videos or 1300 wow. videos. I've deleted at least 400 of them um, that were just things I'm not, don't stand behind and not proud of anymore. Yeah. Um, and I'll, con I'll continue to do so. I'll continue to audit my channel and I'm not going to erase my vegan life because that's part of my journey. And I think it's totally cool for people to see exactly what I used to look like and where yeah. I come from and how everything's progressed. Um, but I, I don't really want to be, I don't want to be in that, that energy in that headspace at all. Then, especially as I grow older and grow up, mm -hmm. it's just, it's just completely unproductive. Yeah, I agree. It does. What is it? Like I said, what does it bring you at the end of the day? Like before you go to bed at night, how do you feel? You know, right. like, what does that do for you? Just and, and does it help me reach my, my goal? And what my goal is super simple is like, I just want to reach as many people who have autoimmune and digestive issues and skin health issues, realize that you can naturally without drugs, completely have a healthy, free, abundant life. And if I make content, it has to serve that goal or yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to do it. I agree. I love it. I feel like we're definitely on the same wavelength with that. And, you know, speaking of clients, we're getting to about an hour here, so we'll wrap pretty soon, but I do want to talk a little bit about how you have grown as a coach and how you help people. Like, what does that process look like um, for you? Yeah. So I think luckily I have a base in coaching. Um, I'm a certified yoga therapist and the school I went to was super in depth. It took me a year of weekly classes and weekly study to earn that certification back then they don't even have us anymore it was 300 500 900 i had yep. all of them wow when i show my 900 hour to people they're like no one's ever heard of that doesn't exist i'm like <laughs> yeah it, it does when you go to school for every week for a year 
Um, and I have a background, I have a degree in behavioral science. I've done almost a full master's in transpersonal psychology and MFT. And I'm an ex-athlete, played division one baseball at the University of Utah. And from age 17 until, you know, I started doing this, I was a coach um, working with either fitness or baseball or some type of coaching. And so I had a nice base for helping people. And I did, even as a plant-based vegan person, come from the perspective of everything's got to be custom yes. and everything's got to be personalized. And you have to slowly build this thing out, starting from where you're at. I would say the main thing that's changed is just the data. You know, the, yeah. as I get more data and more evidence, how I help people and where I start them is changed dramatically. You know, there was obviously a bigger emphasis on cleansing and detoxification. And now it's a lot more about nourishment and um, lifestyle and animal-based eating. And luckily what's corresponded with that is over the past four years, the amount of successful clients I've had has skyrocketed. And um, the amount of people that are healing in a shorter time frame has skyrocketed too. So that's been a new data point and evidence point to take into things and, and use with people. And, and as you know, most of my content, a lot of people think my channel is all about my journey and it, it hasn't been for a long time. I share my journey, but most of my evidence and data comes from my clients. Mm -hmm. what, what works for them, what doesn't work for them and being as honest as I can about their results. And um, I would say the, the biggest change, obviously, besides the obvious with animal-based stuff is just allowing people a further customization process. Even now, I have clients who eat a ton of plants and who are high carb um, and they have great success. Now, they're not vegan. Um, they eat the right amount of animals for them. And they also understand that through their own biofeedback and biomarkers, things might change and they know how mm -hmm. to shift and roll with the punches and grow within their diet. Um, so it's just a very holistic approach. It's very individualized. And it's really all about, I would say the most important thing is getting the body and the mind and the emotions into a place where you're sensitive enough, where you can read your signals and change them. Mm, I think that's so important. And that's the one thing that people kind of don't want to work on is the mind body connection. It's like, we can talk food and yes, there are definitely foods that are going to be more optimal for you. But if you aren't going to deal with this mind body connection, if you're not going to deal with your stress and the way that you respond to life and the way that you move through life, then you're not going to make the same kind of progress. Yeah, it's very true. Um, I mean, a very common thing for me is on a you know, a consult with someone who I might start working with is I ask them a very simple question. I, you know, how many can you commit to seven days a week working out? And if they say no, then I'm like, I, I can't help you. Yeah. It doesn't mean hitting the gym, crossfitting seven days a week. But if you're someone who's like, I don't have the time for that. Um, generally, it's kind of like, okay, you must work a ton. Well, yeah, I work nine to five. Okay. All right. So do you have a big family? No, I'm single. All right. Then let's, let's dive, let's go a little deeper. Like maybe it's a time management issue. Yeah. Um, how much time do you play video games? Oh, a couple hours. How many TV shows do you watch at night? Oh, like three or four. Um, how early do you wake up in the morning right before I have to get to work? And okay. So we have a, we have a lot of room for growth. This is good. Like we're unpacking this stuff and so much of it is the narrative, right? It's, it's yeah. a, my work is really based in narrative psychology. And so it's kind of helping people reestablish what they can and cannot do and how to frame things, you know, is this healthy or not? I'm exhausted because I worked so hard at my job. No, you're exhausted because you stayed up till 4am <laughs> eating off to porn, playing Fortnite and watching stupid ass shows on TV. That's why you're exhausted. And if you, can, you can reduce those or skip those altogether and you might fill that void that you're trying to with that waste of time anyway. And it's cool to see people go from like that place to like very vivacious, full of life, quitting their jobs and doing this like something that's so freeing to them. Like at the end of the day, for me, that's the most exciting 
part. Like the skin health is great, but I, I already know that that happens. Like, yeah, that's not the clients love that. But for me, it's when the client goes from uh, a life of like restriction and challenge and depression to like being this abundant, free human who's like, I want to take the world on. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Cool. And if people wanted to find you and work with you, what would be the best way to do that? Um, my YouTube channel is just my name. It's Rob Stewart spelled S T U A R T Instagram is Stuart Rob Stewart. So my last name, then first name and last name, but uh, my website's holistichealthactivation.com. That's where you can buy my ebook and sign up for coaching. Um, but honestly, um, you know, everything is on my YouTube and Instagram. If you are someone who's a little lost and you study it, you don't need to purchase or buy anything from me at all. Um, for those who are want to take that extra step and have accountability, of course, reach out. Um, but yeah, that's how people can get a hold of me. Cool. Well, I'll make sure I link all of that in the show notes below so everyone can find you. And uh, it's been a really awesome conversation. Thank you so much for coming on and talking today. Thanks so much for having me. I, I really appreciate it. And it was a, a pleasure learning more about you and your story and your daughter's story. And I wish both of you guys all the luck in the world. And um, yeah, just thanks for having me. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for listening to that episode with Rob. I had such a great time chatting with him. Just such a really cool guy talking about spirituality, talking about an animal-based lifestyle and how that can actually help you feel a little bit more connected, which is just a really cool concept. So please do, if you enjoyed this episode, share it out with your loved ones, share it out with your friends, tag me on social media, shoot me a message. I love hearing from you guys. I love to get feedback on these episodes. I have a lot of really cool guests coming up, so please make sure that you are subscribed and that you've got your notifications on so you know when a new episode drops every Wednesday. I am going to be putting out a bonus episode this weekend. I'm recording a special episode with a friend of mine this week, actually tomorrow, as I'm sitting here preparing this episode. So you'll get a bonus episode on Saturday. I'm really excited to release that. And yeah, thanks again for listening. Thanks to Upgraded Formulas for sponsoring this video. Use my code YOGI in all caps to get your discount on Upgraded Formulas. And I will talk with you guys in the next episode. Have a really awesome rest of your day.